Radio. Grace and Truth, talking with Archbishop Julian. So I'm joined today by Archbishop Julian. We're back uh, in a sort of studio, <laughs> um, but as as our listeners, our long-time listeners may have known, um, we had Q&A with Archbishop Julian a few years back, but we're back again with Archbishop Julian. And how are you going, Archbishop? Very well, thanks, Luke. It's nice to have this opportunity once again to be involved with Cradio in these uh, conversations and on, of uh, questions and answers. So we'll probably start with something that many Australians probably know you for <laughs> these days, unfortunately, which is that a few years back now you were cited um, as possibly in breach of the anti-discrimination law down here in Tasmania. Um, now, this is not obviously an isolated incident. We've seen two more Christian men, um, two more Presbyterians, um, who have been cited under a similar similar law, um, possibly in breach of that, and that's sort of still going, I think. But I guess um, we can, can kind of see overseas particularly that there's a certain trajectory that these anti-discrimination laws are taking, and that is that they've begun to, um, I guess, uh, fall afoul, or rather Christians have begun to fall afoul of these anti-discrimination laws, whereas previously this wouldn't really have been heard of. Um, do you want to provide any comments on that, given your experience with this thus far? Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, I think the first thing to say is that um, that the development of anti-discrimination laws is, is a good thing because it means uh, that the, there are laws in place to protect people from vilification, uh, in particular, or hate speech or, or so on. Um, one of the difficulties, though, with regard to uh, calling the laws anti-discrimination is it gives the impression that discrimination in itself is wrong. Now, really, the laws should be called anti-unjust discrimination. Uh, and, and I think the fact that we just talk about discrimination without the adjective of unjust creates a, a particular difficulty. And, and I think in people's minds, because I keep hearing anti-discrimination, it creates the impression that any form of discrimination is wrong. Now, uh, that, is, that is a difficulty because we are all discriminating all the time. We, we make choices based on what we believe to be a better product if we're buying something. So we're always using a, um, a judgment on what is good and bad, what's the best thing to, to obtain and in, in purchasing something and so on. So discrimination in itself is not wrong. What is wrong is unjust discrimination. Now, one of the difficulties we have now is that because the word anti-discrimination is being used, people tend to immediately think that anything that is an act of discrimination is in itself wrong. And this is one of the difficulties in, if you like, the common mind today that's a problem for us. Yeah, I guess so something that you are seeing today is that, that discrimination, as you say, um, in some ways can be good. People discriminate uh, all mm. the time. Um, and it feels even when I say that word discrimination, that it's good to discriminate sometimes. It feels a bit weird, which kind of shows you how much this, this mindset has set in. I feel a little bit wrong saying mm. that. You know, mm. I don't want to discriminate against people. You, you would find that in, that in Australian laws, you would have that there are certain things that you probably can discriminate about and certain things that you can't. So, for example, if I wanted to be, you know, a, a jockey in the Melbourne Cup uh, that was just on last week, I couldn't necessarily race. Uh, I couldn't take them to the anti-discrimination tribunal because I'm six foot one and obviously unfit to ride a horse. So, you can see that there are certain ways in which you can discriminate and that the government mm. 
allows you to do that. Um, I guess what would you see as being those uh, criteria, I guess, those areas where you typically shouldn't discriminate, where where discrimination would be unjust? And I'm sort of thinking here of the examples that would normally be cited, and that would be, for example, your, your race or the color of your skin, mm. um, that a person should be able to, to go to a shop and not be refused service simply because they are of a particular race. Mm. Um, I guess what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? What are those areas where... Um, it's not okay to discriminate. Um, and how does that differ from areas where it is okay to discriminate? Yes, look, I think this question of being able to, to decide what is appropriate discrimination, what is inappropriate discrimination, is, um, can be a vexed question in, in a number of ways. Um, certainly, as I said, the laws are there and they're good and we need to have them. Um, in uh, my particular case, for example, um, somebody... Uh, said they took offence or they felt offended by the fact that I sent out a document um, uh, to, uh, to parishes and to agencies and to schools explaining the Catholic Church's teaching about marriage and particularly the marriage we believe is between a man and a woman. Now, a particular person said that they took that uh, as an, uh, uh, being offended by that action now, that's very difficult because offence is a very subjective uh, concept. Um, what one person may feel as uh, being offended, another person may simply laugh off as not being of any particular concern to them. Um, so we need to ensure that anti-discrimination laws do have clear objective criteria. That's, that's, one, that's one aspect of it. I think is very important. So uh, I think basically we need to have laws that certainly protect against, say, vilification um, or direct attack on a person uh, just because of a particular uh, quality they may have uh, or, or a particular view that they may express. So when somebody is, is, is say, quite viciously attacked uh, on, that, on that basis, that's wrong. In my case, I had no intent in uh, denigrating anybody who had same-sex attraction by the statement. In fact, the statement began by, by recognising that, that some people have same-sex attraction and we respect them as, as human beings, as individuals. Um, so what is also very important in discrimination uh, is the question of what is the intent? If I'm deliberately seeking to denigrate somebody, to attack them, to belittle them um, and, and cause them great uh, personal anguish, uh, then obviously that's wrong. And I think laws should protect people uh, uh, against that, just as we have uh, laws that protect people's character. So you can't go and destroy a person's character, say, by making up lies or false things about them. So laws need to be there to protect people against such actions. Unfortunately, the laws now are such that people are, are using them whenever they feel somebody has a contrary view to theirs. This is very, very foreign to our traditions in, in Western democracy, where we believe the robust exchange of views is really vital for the well-being of the democratic system. So laws about discrimination should not be used to prevent public debate, public discussion. However, those discussions should take place 
with uh, respect being given to uh, to the other party. So you don't denigrate them, but you want to, if you like, present your views, maybe in a very robust manner, but you want to present them uh, clearly. And so there should be a respect for a person having strongly held views and the right for the person to be able to express them without the other person going off to an anti-discrimination commission saying, this person offended me by what they said. I guess um, moving on to something else slightly, there's a, um, I guess, recently down here in Tasmania, there was uh, an attempt uh, by the government uh, to put through, I guess, changes to the anti-discrimination law here. Um, however, you didn't necessarily agree uh, agree with the way that they were changing it. They were, they were mm. looking to, to put in a play, uh, in place, um, I guess, a an exemption of sorts for, mm. for religious, uh, was it clergy in particular? Well, it- if for... Um- yeah, for, for people uh, um, expressing religious views. Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. That that's kind of fallen by the by the wayside mm. a little bit. Um, perhaps it's a good thing in a certain way because um, you, you had disagreed with it. I particularly wanted to, however, look at one of the things that that you were um, that that you took issue with, and that was that it was a it was a religious exemption to to things mm. like hate speech. So there was kind of mm. like this this blanket ban. Um, on taking people to the to the anti discrimination uh, commission uh, if they were speaking uh, from a religious perspective. Now, now we see these exemptions uh, in in say if you're if you're expressing things artistically or if you're doing it for an academic purpose or things like this. And religion, I think that what they were trying to do was they're trying to put religion in mm. there as well. Mm. I guess why, firstly, why would we take issue with the idea that religion should be accepted? Or exempted, rather, from these from these laws. Uh, yes, there, there was, um, and, and the government did see that in my particular case, that there was uh, a difficulty with the law as it stood, and did seek to uh, affect some change to to the law. Uh, the approach that they took was to say, well, why don't we include religion along with the other exemptions, um, arts and and uh, academic uh, and, and so on. Um, I, I was not in favour of that because uh, I think when you give the impression that religion somehow is exempt from uh, the normal course of, of um, dialogue discussion in the society, it kind of gives the impression that religion is, is separate, whereas I think religion is essentially part of life. Um, I think it's more important that we looked at the law as a whole and say, should we actually remove some elements to the law, like the idea of being offended, uh, rather than give exemptions? Because I, I, th- I think, as a religious person, I should also be subject to the law if I am in, in any way guilty of unjust discrimination or vilification or something like that. So I, I didn't want to be exempt from the law, I wanted rather the law to be changed to give uh, greater openness to to dialogue and discussion and to robust uh, interaction with, with people in society because I believe that is more the nature of a truly democratic uh, system. If you create a, a special class that is exempted, it, it gives the impression that they are a kind of unusual or they they deserve or, or, or need to have special consideration given to them. And I think that creates a, a totally false understanding 
of the place of religion in society and 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 in um, in, in people's individual lives. And so, I, I would I would favour very much that uh, religious um, views be respected. A person has a conscientious position on certain that needs to be respected in a society as a respect given to the rights of the individual within the society. This idea of the freedom of the individual has always been a cornerstone of the development of the, the Western civilization and particularly the de democratic systems that we live under. We rejoice in the idea of freedom. It's one of the most precious qualities that we have in our society. The concern now is that, that anti-discrimination laws are being used to limit this freedom and to deny the people the right to be able to exercise their freedom. So I, th I think we don't want exemptions because somehow that allows this idea of restriction of freedom to be accepted as a principle in society, but we'll make some exemptions. I think rather, no, we, we say we don't want any exemptions, but we really want to have a, a, an understanding in society that we prize the value of personal freedom, we prize the value of freedom of speech, we prize the value of freedom of conscience, and that, that these are qualities that we recognise as essential for the, the health and well-being of our society and, and particularly of the democratic processes that make up the way our society operates. I guess I just wanted to bounce, just to, to wrap up, bounce another idea off you perhaps, and that is um, that we're seeing the, these laws are becoming, I guess, more strict and more, um, I guess, more hostile um, to, to certain certain groups. Um, and I guess in, in some way you can say that, well, well, it's a good thing to try and protect people. But I am sort of wondering whether this is kind of tied up with a loss of religion and particularly a loss of Christianity in our society. As, as a Christian, I'm sure that, that we would know that all these things, uh, the anti-discrimination is, is rather obvious because it comes back to this idea that we are all made in the image and likeness of God. Every single person has an intrinsic value. Do you think that with the loss of this idea that we're made in the image and likeness of God as our society becomes more secular and atheistic, these kind of laws, this kind of legalism is, is coming in in order to try and fill that gap, albeit in a very patchy uh, and, and author authoritarian kind of way, to try and fill this gap that, that religion and particularly Christianity and this idea of the Imago Dei uh, has left behind? I think it's very important to be reminded of the fact that uh, our society, say here in Australia or Western society uh, in general, uh, has its origins in Christianity. And Christianity, with its particular understanding of the nature of the human person, the dignity of the human person, as you said, created in the image and likeness of God, uh, the sense of, of a person being individually loved by God and therefore having an inherent value and dignity in themselves has really uh, shaped our laws, our customs, um, and, and a lot of the way in which our society has developed, um, particularly uh, in, in the promotion of, uh, of freedom, of freedom of speech, of the rights of individuals, of government by, uh, the, by the people voting in governments. Uh, all of these things um, really find their origins 
in the Christian understanding of the human person. Uh, I think it's true to say that there is a danger that as people lose a sense of this understanding of the human person, that in fact societies can move away from respect for the individual and, and, and move to a certain totalitarianism. They can actually develop a sort of a, a, a certain tyranny of imposition of an ideology um, rather than recognise that there could be somebody who holds an alternate view and wants to live in an alternate way to what the ideology would want to promote as the way that human life should be lived. So there's a great danger that, that some of these forces, cultural forces, social forces that are at work at the present moment are actually not just seeking to present an alternative, but actually impose an alternative on the society. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be the great, to the great detriment of, um, of the freedoms that we have known and enjoyed in Western civilization. I think that's a good place to, to wrap it up there. So it's great to, great to have you back uh, on the air. And yes, we'll, we'll be hopefully doing this weekly, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> so thank you again, Your Grace, and God bless. You have been listening to Grace and Truth talking with Archbishop Julian. For more talks, interviews and shows, visit cradio.org.au.